gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 165, hosted by G2, and I'd like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing today on this beautiful Sunday morning? At least it's beautiful for me. For other individuals, it might be raining, it might be something going down. I'd just like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing? That's just the big thing here. Um, I hope everybody had a great um, week. I hope everybody was able to get Whatever they wanted to get out of this week, we are entering March this by the end of this week. So I hope everybody was able to enjoy their February. If not, you got a couple more days before February is out. So please try to enjoy February as much as you can because as soon as we enter March, best believe it's almost about time for uh, St. Patrick's Day, meaning a lot of people are going to be out there at the bars and all that type of stuff, drinking and get themselves inebriated. I'll get more into that when it's time for St. Patrick's Day, but I'm just letting everybody know it's coming up. Uh, moving off of that, let's get on to our National Food Days of the Week here. Today being February the 25th, it is National Chocolate Covered Nuts Day, as well as National Clam Chowder Day, and also National Pancake Day. Tomorrow, February the 26th, it is National Personal Chef's Day. So if you have a personal chef, tell them to whip you up something, but also leave them a tip, and also... Uh, National Pistachio Day, February the 27th, it'll be National Strawberry Day, February the 28th, it is National Chocolate Souffle Day, then to end us off of February, February the 29th, it'll be National Chili Day, as well as Surf and Turf Day. Now entering into March, March 1st, it'll be National Fruit Compote Day, as well as Peanut Butter Lovers Day. Then to round us off from March the 2nd, it'll be National Banana Cream Pie Day. So now that you know all the National Food Days of the week. I hope you're able to enjoy yourself. I hope you might be able to whip yourself up some some pancakes. Pancakes are always great. I like pancakes more than waffles. Anyway, sorry. Had to just throw it out there. It just was on my mind, so I just said it. Anyway, now moving on to the first topic I do want to talk about. Still sticking within the food department here. Um, It would state from CBS that $568 million worth of cocaine were found in hidden bananas. This was a record uh, seize from England, it will say that the British authorities on Friday said that they found more than 12,500 pounds of cocaine hidden in a shipment of bananas, shattering the record for the biggest single seizure of hard drugs in the country. The National Crime Agency said 5.7 tons of cocaine were found in a container of bananas at the port of the Southampton on England's south coast on February the 8th. The haul of drugs had an estimated street value of $568 million, the agency said. Before the massive bust, the previous largest seize of drugs in the UK was a 3.7 ton haul of cocaine found in Southampton two years ago, and before that, 3.2 tons discovered on a tugboat in Scotland in 2015, the agency said. The packages of cocaine found this month were concealed in a cargo of bananas which has been transported from South America, so you have that. The officials believe the drugs were headed to Hamburg, Germany, and onward there to be delivered wherever they go to be delivered. 
That's crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. You smuggled your cocaine with bananas? That's nuts. I mean, that's creative, but I mean, that's nuts for you to do that. Uh, they will show photos of it. You can see like the bananas laying on top of the uh, bricks of cocaine that were wrapped up. It just looks insane to me. If you're going to do these type of things, I don't know... I don't know if there's any other way you can really try to hide your coke anymore or any type of uh, drugs that you're trying to transport anymore. I'm not a drug dealer, but by God, every time I look at some type of news reporting, they always talk about a drug bust or uh, some type of seizure of drugs. I mean, dude, I don't know how you guys are able to try to even just do what you guys are doing. I don't know. You guys find creative ways to do it. This one wasn't that creative to me. I think that is nuts, but it wasn't that creative. The the most recent one that I saw that was creative that I saw that was a YouTube uh, video, it was somebody hiding uh, drug paraphernalia in some type of small fruit. Like, it was literally embedded into the DNA, not just the DNA, but like the inside fiber of said fruit. Like, you gotta crack it open I believe it was like either a coconut or some type of melon fruit that they had the drug literally inside of it. And I thought, yo, that is insane. Um, that was the most creative thing that I've seen whenever someone's trying to hide their drug to like pass it off to get it somewhere. But I don't know what can be done for you guys now. I really don't. You guys find some creative ways with this right here. Just the amount that got literally took. 5.7 tons of it, that's insane, that's a lot, and 568, they said that's the street value market of it, I'm telling you right now, I every time that they always get like a bust of drugs happening with a lot of drugs being busted, I've always stated this, I don't think all of that's going to their little uh, crime agency where they post just hold it and all that type of crap as evidence locker, I don't believe none of that crap, I believe some of that stuff makes it there, but not all of it. I think certain cops are doing dirty business. They sell that. They have it. They're a little person that they know that's a dirty cop to sell it to whoever they can so they can make money off of it that way. That's how they get some extra revenue in their pocket. But long story less long, drug dealers, I don't know what to tell you guys. You guys are just going to constantly get busted and uh, you guys are going to have to reap the consequences of that. Hopefully, you guys can find a different way. And again, I'm not a drug dealer. I don't advocate for drug dealers it isn't my business but i will say this if the medical industry can sell you prescription drugs that can get you hooked on it and they know it and they don't care about it why am i going to demonize these guys that do the exact same thing they just do it on the street while doctors they went to medical school and all that type of stuff but they still sell you dangerous things under a medical license so, again, I don't advocate for it, but I'm not going to demonize it because guess what? People got to make a living. Only thing I demonize is that when you guys mess with that product that you guys are selling and putting in things that can kill people, like fentanyl and all that type of stuff. Don't be doing that. Give them what they're asking for. If that's what they're coming to you for, give them to them. But don't be uh, killing these people like that. That's disgusting. That's nasty. So, again... Drug dealers, find your way to sell your drugs, ship your drugs out any way that you can. Again, I'm not advocating for it, but I understand the process. People got to make a living out here. It is what it is. Now, off of that, I do have to talk about um, a tragic 
uh, situation that happened this week. Um, University of Georgia, they found a dead body on their campus. Uh, it's just come from CNN. They will say campus police arrested a suspect in the killing of an Augusta University College of Nursing student on the University of Georgia campus in Athens, according to local authorities. Campus police said they are recommending charges against Jose Ibarra, 26, of Athens, including felony murder, false imprisonment, kidnapping, and concealing the death of another in the killing of Lakin Riley. Jose will be taken to Clark County Jail, police said at a Friday news conference. Riley, a junior on the dean's list at Augusta University College of Nursing, was found dead near a lake at the University of Georgia's campus Thursday after jogging in the area. UGA Police Chief Jeff Clark described her killing as a crime of opportunity by an individual who woke up with bad intentions. There was no evidence the two knew each other, according to Clark. Riley died from Bluffford trauma. He added, police say they used footage from campus security cameras as well as physical evidence to tie the suspect to Riley's killing. They also executed a search warrant at the suspect's apartment. The suspect does not have an extensive criminal history, according to Clark. Jose is a resident of Athens, but is not a U.S. citizen or a student at UGA, he added. So you can best believe they're going to add this to the list of complaints for people to say the illegals need to go back to where they come from. Best believe, because just by adding that they're not a U.S. citizen, that's already a problem right there. Uh, continuing on, the evidence suggests that this was a solo act, Clark said, adding authorities had taken three or four people into custody but only arrested Jose. He said there were no indications of a continuing threat to the community related to this case at this time. Okay, so they have no idea why he did what he did to this girl. They don't even know if it's really him. If I'm really going to be honest, they said they executed a search warrant, but we not. I'm not so certain if this is a person, but if it is, I just got to go on the side of this. If it's this person, I would like to know why. Why would you attack someone? Did she, like, run with uh, some jewelry on that you wanted? Did you think that she was a person that would have cash on her? Like, I don't understand what it is at all. And also, by the way, this is a thing that I need for people to understand. If you are running or jogging and you're doing this by yourself in an area, please don't. You need to run in some type of group. The days of just jogging by yourself is over. Jog with a partner, jog with a group, or just go to a gym and get on a treadmill and start doing the running there. I know certain people don't like to run on the treadmill because it does not give you the exact same uh, feeling like you would running outside on a jog. If you don't have a partner or you don't have a group, for the love of God, just go to the gym and just run on the treadmill. Please do that. That's way more safer than doing this, there's been a lot of cases of people going out on jogs and then somehow end up getting kidnapped or getting sexually assaulted or in this uncertain, not uncertain, unfortunate uh, incident, someone ends up dead and over a jog. And I'm not going to technically say over a jog, but their activity of choice was jogging and it's just never ever a good thing when you're doing it by yourself. So, I don't want to say anything like that, like placing blame on her. It's never ever the person's fault that they're going out for a jog and they end up dying because of some idiot. It's never ever their fault. I'm just saying that there's been too much of it that you just got to be smarter when you're going to do certain things. That's all I'm trying to say for that. 
by getting to dude over here. If homeboy did do this, he needs to go to jail. He needs to be, uh, something needs to happen to him off top. I just don't understand why people would attack someone while they're jogging. I understand you catch them by the element of surprise. That's what you're thinking of it, but you need to leave those people alone. That's kind of common sense right there. You don't need to be doing that. That's one. And you don't know who this person is. Why would you want to attack someone that you don't know who it is? Why would you want to attack anybody who you have no connection with or nothing? If this person says something to you randomly, then I'm like, okay, then I understand why you might hit them or something like that. But if this person, you have no idea who they are, they don't have, uh, they never communicated with you or anything like that, as this was being reported here, why? It's just a big question of why. Again, they say it's a crime of opportunity. What were you trying to take from that person? What was it? What were you doing? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see if they ever get any type of uh, notion or motive from Jose. We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I do want to wish the family of Riley some type of condolences because this is a shame. It, it really is. You going out for a jog and you end up dying because of somebody who saw you as an opportunity for what? I don't know what opportunity, but they saw you as an opportunity. It's just a crying shame altogether. So again, um, condolences to the family of Lake and Riley, and we'll just have to wait and see when they're going to uh, have a date for Jose over there. We'll just have to wait and see. Now, moving on for that topic, on to the next one. Uh, this was something I didn't understand until I had to look into it. It's something dealing with Alabama and the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on IVF and how they're saying that the embryo for the IVF, they see it as a uh, living person. And now the reason why this whole ruling for the Supreme Court even came about was because uh, three parents were trying to, well, three sets of parents, excuse me, uh, who underwent... IVF procedures to have babies and they opted to have the remaining embryos frozen. The parents allege in December of 2020, a patient at the Mobile Hospital where the frozen embryos were being stored walked into the fertility clinic through an unsecured uh, doorway and removed several embryos from that nursery. The state Supreme Court ruling said the patient's hand was freeze-burned by the extreme low temperatures the embryos were stored in, and the patient dropped them on the floor, killing them, according to the ruling. So the parents sued for wrongful death, but a trial court dismissed their claims, finding the embryos involved in the case did not fit within the definition of a person or child, according to the ruling. And so they had a reversal last week when the Alabama Supreme Court disagreed, noting that the embryos or the unborn children located outside of a biological uterus at the time they are killed or children and they are covered under the state's wrongful death of a minor law. Now, I looked into this. This was an article from CNN that I just read you about. They did a whole thing on it and congratulations to CNN for educating me on this. And I was trying to figure out like, okay, I understand why the Alabama Supreme Court would do that because they just want to hold people accountable for the parents that's trying to just have babies through the IVF process and for anybody that happens to destroy their embryos without the parents uh, say so, they need to be held accountable. I understand why the Supreme Court did what they did, right? So I look more into it and 
they're starting to say this could have some blowback onto the people in Alabama, and they stated like this. They say it could send liable costs skyrocketing, making fertility treatment prices prohibitive for many families. It could discourage medical providers from performing infertility treatments in fear of being held liable each time an embryo does not turn into a successful pregnancy, and it could mean parents will now be forced to pay for lifelong storage fees of embryos that they will never be allowed to discard even if they don't want any more children. So when I read that part, I was like, oh, okay, now I understand why people are upset because they just want the parents to have uh, say-so. They want to be say, okay, if they don't want to have any more kids, they want to just destroy the embryo, you can destroy it. But with the Supreme Court saying that the embryo is a child, per se, you can't technically destroy it, especially with the stuff with the Roe v. Wade being overturned, how that stuff, procedures are going down now. Now I understood why people were freaking out. Now I understood why all this stuff is happening. So then as the week would go on, you start seeing uh, Republican candidates uh, start defending IVF and they're starting to come out. And it's real funny because people would say that this is what happens when you vote Republican. Republicans are known for always being... Uh, pro-life, trying to uh, make sure people don't have abortions and all that type of stuff, but now they're trying to uh, defend or trying to say that the Alabama Supreme Court, they got it wrong and all that. Listen here, I'm going to just state this. I think it should be up to the parents, I think not the court system. I think the original case that happened with uh, the person trying to steal the embryos and end up getting a freezer burnt and dropping the embryos, I think that person should be dealt with, yo, dog, you just killed a possible person. You just killed something that had no business you touching. I feel that person should be hit with a wrongful death suit. And people might say, that's crazy because that embryo was never ever a child. You just killed someone's right to have a child. That's what you just did by killing that embryo because you were doing something. I don't understand what that person was doing. So for this reason alone, I understand why that person in particular should be hit with a wrongful death suit and that type of the law for the AO, they're treated as children outside of the uterus. That pertains to that particular person because they had no right to touch those embryos. Now, going off into the future, this thing should only hit whenever uh, parents are trying to have kids and they want to not have no more kids. Like they did IVF. The IVF works. Okay, now we have so much embryos left. Do you want to discard them or what? Okay, yeah, you can discard them. You should be able to discard them without saying, oh, well, we can't discard them because they're unborn children. No. Is up to the parents. That's all this thing should ever be boiled down to. It should not be hard to follow. I'll make it easy. If someone, not the parents, touch the embryos and decide to destroy them, then you're hit with wrongful death suit. But if you, the parents, decide to destroy the embryo, it's over. You should not be held liable or anything for it saying, well, that's an unborn kid. This is so simple, so easy. It finds, it mind boggles me how whenever you're a kid, 
Everything is so easy. They tell you to tell the truth, do right, don't do wrong. You know the easy phrases to make life simple for kids. But somehow when you become an adult, things become stupid. People think make things way more complicated. This situation is not a complicated situation. If you're doing IVF so you can have a baby, you as a parent should be able to make the decisions for what you want to do. Not the state, not the government, not none of that. That's all on you. And if someone inside of the medical uh, building happened to do what this dimwit did, trying to remove the embryos with his bare hands for some ungodly reason, and he ends up destroying the embryo by dropping it, he should, he or she, should be placed with a wrongful death suit. That's the way it should happen, because again, the parents did not tell that person to touch said embryo. So... This whole situation right here, this is just smoke and mirrors to me. I hope that the parents are able to do whatever they want. I hope that people are, that are trying to have babies through IVF are able to do so. Again, this whole thing was nuts to me. It's real elementary to me. But again, when you're an adult, they like to make things way more complicated than necessary. And this right here, it isn't that complicated at all, at least in my opinion. Um, on to the next topic. This, what, one day this week, a lot of people's uh, cell phones started going on SOS. As a matter of fact, my brother called me up and uh, he talked to me on FaceTime during SOS because he couldn't access his phones. He couldn't call, send texts, all that type of crap. I don't know what happened with that whole uh, <laughs> telephones going down. I know my phone didn't go into SOS mode at all. My phone was fine and dandy. It just served people in different carriers. I'll say this. This was a nice, good glimpse to see what it would look like for all these people freaking out and see how just not having your telephone working properly, how people will start going off. I started to see people on Twitter tweeting, AEO, AT&T, Blah, blah, blah. Get my cell phone right when I get up from work. When I get up from sleep, better have my phone right. It was hilarious to me. It was because I, and again, I got to hearken this back to. When you were a kid, there were certain things in your life that you knew that you had to do and that you didn't have to worry about. It seems that when you become an adult, especially in this new age of being an adult, and sometimes even with kids now, with kids getting cell phones and all that type of stuff, you have to be on the alert and have to be ready for all these type of phone calls or uh, be notified or this or that. When you were a kid back in the 90s or even the early 2000s, I'll say for me, you knew you had a certain list of rules that your parents gave you and you knew it. You got to be home before it starts hitting dark. You got to uh, be at this particular area. Um, you can't go out of this area because guess what? I have someone either following you that you don't know about or there's people in said area that I know that if I decide to make a phone call and say, hey, is my boy there? Guess what? They will tell me whether you're there or not. I mean, there's probably some old timers that are grandma and grandpa's. They can probably tell you their rules of engagement that they have before cell phones and all that type of stuff to even communicate. Hell, there was at one point where people didn't even have cell phones like that. And guess what? You just had to just be around. And whenever you got home, you got home. But you knew what time you should be able to get home by. 
there were all these different things that now kids now and adults you have cell phones and everything if something even remotely goes wrong or you think is going wrong you're able to call up hey you good yeah i'm good what's up nothing then you can click okay that was weird or you can bug them or this and that I mean, cell phones and all that stuff are great and all, but some people abuse the devil out of a cell phone, calling and texting for ungodly reasons just to annoy, aggravate, because they know they can. This cell phone outage was just pure fun to me because I would like to see how people really would react without having their cell phones. If your cell phone data was not working properly, do you know how to do what you used to do when you were a kid. If you're in your late 20s, early 30s, even late early 40s, do you know how to revert back in time to get in touch with people that you need to get in touch with when you actually do have to get in touch with? Do you know how to handle yourself? Do you know how to just be with yourself without having to communicate with someone else? That's the type of stuff that I'm always intrigued in. And this gave me a small glimpse because, boy, it was Twitter fun just to see people tweeting and having a breakdown of all these proprieties and uh, notions. It was great. And, uh, again, the purge is coming. I'm not going to say it's coming, coming, but you can kind of tell. Something like that where a phone outage had people just dropping their calls and they didn't have no bars and SOS. This is telling you something is down the pipeline, and it could be soon. It could be within the next year, two years, 10 years, 20 years. Something is going to happen with technology where you guys will not be able to access it the way that you guys want to, and you're literally going back to straight up early 80s, probably late 70 vibes of just being out there technically in the wild and having to do what you guys used to do when you guys were kids. So... Be prepared for that. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was hilarious to me. And anybody that had their phone on SOS mode from that, I felt for you. But I did enjoy seeing people freak out. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, moving on for that, I do have to talk about a trial that will be happening uh, next February. The man that was accused of killing seven people and injuring dozens, uh, including children, at the 4th of July parade. In Chicago in 2022, he will stand trial next February. A judge has ruled on that this Wednesday. As this comes from the Associated Press, Robert Crimo III is charged with 21 counts of first-degree murder, 48 counts of attempted murder, 48 counts of aggravated battery for the shooting in Highland Park. Uh, the judge, Victoria, on Wednesday scheduled his trial to begin February 24, 2025. Okay, he faces a mandatory a sentence of life without parole if convicted of first degree murder. Uh, you think? I'm I'm kind of surprised how they're going to wait until next year. This thing happened two years ago. I would think that they should have enough evidence to really slam dunk this guy and just be like, alright, we can send him off to jail now. But apparently they don't. They're waiting until next year. I don't know what's else happening big in Chicago right now. They probably might be waiting until after the election. I don't know if this guy has any type of ties to any political people or what may have you. Because it just seems weird how you would announce that his announce that this trial is happening next year when you have 
the rest of 2024. So, again, I don't know if they're just waiting for the political season to be over, then everybody can focus their mind on this, or what may have you. I don't know, but, yeah, I wanted to bring this up to you guys, just to let you guys know what's going on with that. Uh, another thing, this is just coming off the top of the dome, uh, the Rust, uh, Armorer, uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, her, uh, court case just started this week, uh, we'll probably get an answer by something next week, because I don't think that trial's gonna go on for so long, um, but we'll wait and see with that, whenever that type of stuff happens, I'll be able to bring that up to you, speaking of another court case, uh, ABC News would put out that the school punishment for the black student's hair is legal in the Crown Act lawsuit. Judge rules. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a uh, black teenager by the name of Daryl George. Uh, he's been banned constantly from attending classes because his hair does not follow the school like hairstyle, like dress code or whatever may have you. They're saying that his hairstyle distracts the class, but whenever you see photos of him and you see how his hair is all laid up, I don't see how it distracts the classroom, but I digress. Um, he would constantly get suspended multiple times. He would get suspended. He'll be then placed into uh, alternative schools to still make sure that he catches up on his work. And then when he did come back to the school, he would then get Suspended once again because his hair did not follow the dress code for said school. And I thought, okay, since the parents were going to take the school to court over this because it violates the state's Crown Act, um, they would pay some type of fine, the school would, to Daryl George. That's not the case here. Instead, the court decided to say that, nope, they are able to uh, suspend him have discipline of Daryl George because that ruling, that hairstyle, does not violate the state's Crown Act, which prohibits race-based hair discrimination. And again, when you look at Daryl George's hair, I don't give a damn who you are. You're not going to see a white kid wearing that type of hairstyle. You're not going to see an Oriental, an Asian, or Hispanic person wearing that type of hairstyle. That hairstyle is kind of for the black experience. It is what it is. Um, so I'm trying to figure this out. How are you able to do this to him and his hair isn't like, I don't get it. I do not get it. That dress code was stupid. It's dumb. The hairstyle dress code for it is stupid and dumb. I just don't understand it. See, the silver lining for that, for this situation is this. Daryl George, he is a, uh, he is a senior. Last time I did read an article about this, whenever this first thing started to come about, they said that Daryl George is a senior. This is his last year inside that high school. And even though he would get suspended and have in-school suspension and all that type of stuff, that did not hurt his academic standings. He was still able to get his schoolwork done and all of that. So he will still be able to walk across the stage. So I'm going to say this. If he is going to constantly just get suspended, in-school suspension, but still be able to um, do his business, get his work done and all that, I find no problem with him keeping his hairstyle at all. Again, if you look at Daryl George and his hair, his hair isn't bothering nobody. Nothing about this is bothering anybody. I just think that that school wants to control 
the hair of someone, again, I've stated it before, if a man's hair was dirty, it stunk up the class to holy high heaven, then I can say, okay, yo, dog, y'all gotta fix that and take care of that, but apparently not. His hair stays uh, cleaned up and wrapped up. That's what's been stated from the mom and all that. So, again, I'm not so... I just don't like it. I don't... Again, I'm a guy that doesn't have hair on my head. I shave my hair. I don't do none of that, but if his hair is not bothering anybody, leave it be. Why are you guys just being pricks about it? This sets a bad precedence for people, because if you see... Matter of fact, this should be a thing. If someone that is of the black community sees someone with a black person style hairdo and you know what our hairdos are and they're in that school and they don't get suspended or no type of disciplinary action, then the parents should be able to sue them for that. The parents should be able to sue that school for saying, yo, why are you guys not doing nothing there? Why are you guys not going to get at them for that? That's what should be happening, but we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. But again, that's just the downside of this. And this was in Texas. Texas, man. I shouldn't have thought anything more of that. I probably should have thought better. But with the Crown Act being the way it was, I thought, okay, the judge is going to side with Daryl George and his parents and that the school was violating the Crown Act. But apparently not. So... My hope kind of got shot for that, and uh, I hope that the family fights back, but I mean, it is what it is for that. It is what it is. Daryl George, uh, prayers up to you. I hope you're still able to do what you do. hope you're able to still do what you wanted to do, even though you have your hair intact. Don't ever try to uh, change for other standards, other institutional standards like the school's trying to make you do, especially if you're not doing wrong. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. A shame that the uh, court system is like that. It's a shame, but it's the court system. It is what it is. Certain people have their own way of uh, doing their justice system, right? Now, moving on from that, I do want to talk about Wendy Williams. And I want to talk about her uh, diagnosis. Her team, her care team announced uh, her dementia diagnosis this Thursday in a press release. Uh, The former talk show host team says she is receiving... Well, she received her diagnosis last year, and the conditions have already presented significant hurdle in Wendy's life. Wendy is still able to do many things for herself, the team said in a statement. Most importantly, she maintains her trademark sense of humor and is receiving the care she requires to make sure she is protected and that her needs are addressed. She is appreciative of the many kind thoughts and good wishes being sent her way. Um, she has been diagnosed with aphasia and frontal temporal dementia per her medical team. According to Mayo Clinic, asphasia robs you of the ability to communicate and can affect your ability to speak, write, and understand language, both verbal and written. The group adds that the condition typically occurs suddenly after a stroke or a head injury, but it it can also come on gradually from a slow-growing brain tumor or disease that causes progressive permanent damage so uh wendy williams she's in bad shape if you've seen videos of the uh lifetime 
uh, docu-series that they're doing on Wendy Williams right now. She's not in the best shape. You can see it from the videos. You can see it. I never ever click the audio for it. I just look at the video on mute and you can just see it in Wendy. She's not the same Wendy Williams that she was all this time. And I do uh, feel sad for her. I feel sad for her son. I really do. And you got to remember this. This was, what, some years ago? I want to say, what, if not last year, two years or even three where Wendy Williams' uh, bank account got froze up and she couldn't touch her bank. Bank, She couldn't touch any of that. The bank was acting as her guardian, saying, nope, people are in her life are trying to take money away from her, yada, yada, yada. And Wendy was coming out saying that she can't pay her bills and all this type of stuff because the bank is literally holding her money from her. Um, Wendy has been having a tough go at it, just straight-up tough go, and it's it's a bad thing to see. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about something that I've been noticing on Twitter when it comes down to Wendy Williams and this diagnosis that came out this past week. There was a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people just in social media in general not really having compassion for Wendy Williams because Wendy Williams would um, be messy. Wendy Williams would be Wendy Williams. The way for Wendy Williams was... Backing her time whenever she was on TV was to be the messy person, to be the person carrying the gossip, being the person to uh, speak a certain type of way about people, their marriages, any type of drama or any type of controversy that this person was in. She would talk about it on her show and it would feel that she was not showing compassion to uh, these people in their time that they were dealing with. And the way that Wendy Williams is going right now, I see a lot of people doing the exact same thing to Wendy. They're not showing her compassion. They're not showing her any type of empathy. And it's crazy to see that I'm a guy that holds grudges. I've said that on this uh, platform many of times. I've been trying to change my ways. I really have been trying, but I know my traits. I still know me. I still hold grudges for people that done me wrong. And uh, just to see the way that people talk about Wendy and how this is kind of like a karma type thing to her. I don't know how to feel. I really don't. And one way I can understand how people are doing Wendy Williams, how they can talk about Wendy the way that you're talking about her. I can see it because again, Wendy Williams, she was that host. She was a host that you came to, to hear all the messy drama, all this type of stuff. You, and in a way, I'm not going to say she was kind of like celebrating it because in her way, she wasn't. She was just talking about it in her style. Um, but she did not have a discernment in the way that she would talk about certain individuals. And now with the way she's uh, being treated and the way that she's kind of her her situation going down and the way that people are talking about her, I can see how people won't feel the exact same way of showing her compassion, giving her some type of grace. I can see people talking trash about her and being happy about her demise. I can see that. And I can see their point of view. But I can see the point of view of, A, two wrongs don't make a right. She messed up. That doesn't mean for you guys to, like, pile onto her and her condition. You don't need to... You don't need to wish and celebrate on Wendy Williams' demise the way that it's happening right now, the way that she's having to deal with this. 
And I feel more on that side because of the son. The son has to deal with a mom. The mom loved her son. And I just know from personal experience, the way that my mom loves all her boys and her kids. If my mom were to come down with some type of uh, disease or some type of illness the way that Wendy Williams has right now, and someone was celebrating her demise, I would be fuming. I would try to find that person. I ain't gonna hold you. I would pay someone to find me their address to really do some work onto them because there's no way you're gonna just say all these things behind the keyboard and think you're safe. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be that way for me. I wouldn't be able to uh, do that. I wouldn't be able to just allow someone to just speak some type of way like that and not feel some repercussions. I ain't gonna hold you. I wouldn't. Um, but I feel sad more for the son because the son has to see his mom start deteriorating in front of his face. And it's not a good look. It's never a good look. You seeing the person that you love, someone that birthed you, someone that loves you, start not knowing who you are, not being able to communicate all this type of stuff. And you can just think about all the times previously that they were able to communicate with you. They were able to remember you. They were able to do all these different things. But now when you see them, they're not able to do these things. Wendy isn't like that, but she's going to be moving in that pattern, in that way. So you can just think of the hard road that the son's going to be having to deal with. I feel sorry for him. I do. I feel sorry for the son. So that's the reason why I can't be on the train of cheering the demise of Wendy Williams. I can't. She did some wrong in her time. Yes, she talked the way that she talked. Yes, to gain some notoriety, to gain some fame. Yes, it was distasteful in a lot of ways. Yes, 100%. I'm not going to deny that. However, this right here, this demise that we're seeing in front of our face because it's on television. It's on social media. People circulate the video. People circulate the photos of how she's looking recently. It's not... It's not something to celebrate. The demise of her. It's really not. So uh, I want people to have compassion. If not for Wendy, have compassion for the son. That's all I'm asking for. Have compassion. If not for Wendy, have compassion for her son. That has to see her, see his mom start not be the vital, like, mom that he used to, like, see. That's all I'm asking for everyone right now. And again, I send my love and my uh, well wishes to Wendy Williams, her team, the family, uh, people that care about Wendy, truly. Because, dude, this is this is bad. This is bad shape. And for them to announce that, that's, uh, that's just heartbreaking. So, um, I send love, light to everybody that cares about Wendy. And I uh, hope that... Um, Wendy's time, the way that she has left, is at least they can make it great for her, the best that they can. That's all I could ever ask for, to be honest with you. And hopefully the bank will be able to uh, give the money off to her son. So the son can start doing what he has to do for his mom, getting his mom situated and all that type of stuff. Because I still don't think the bank holding her money is right at all. I don't think the bank holding her money uh, hostage from her is right, but with this diagnosis happening, there needs to be someone stepping foot so they can take over Wendy's uh, bank account and look after Wendy, and I think it should be the son. 
That's just me personally. Again, it could just be me personalizing this, but I think the son should be able to uh, collect his mother's uh, money and be able to look after her and make the best decision for her. That's just my opinion on that. Um, but again, everybody, please have some uh, respect for Wendy Williams and her time that she's dealing with right now, please. Now, moving off of one black woman's uh, demise, sadly, onto another one's uprising in a new genre. Beyonce, she uh, she got the top spot in Billboard's Hot Country uh, Songs chart. She's the first uh, black woman to score number one hit in history of Billboard's Hot Country Songs list. So that's a great thing to be uh, accomplished. That's a great thing to celebrate. Uh, Dolly Parton, the queen, I feel, of country. Even though I don't listen to country, I at least know who Dolly Parton is and they, how much they hold her in a high regard. Uh, she would give some praise to Beyonce on uh, Thursday's social media post. She wrote that she's a big fan of Beyonce and very excited that she's uh, done a country album. I'm pretty sure Dolly's probably going to listen to it just to hear it out. Um, so Beyonce, she did that. I'm glad for her to do that. I would like to see how everybody else is going to react to her uh, country album. I'm not going to listen to it because I'm not a fan of country. That's just me being me. Um, but congratulations to Beyonce for doing that. And hopefully this opens up more avenue for black people who's just like me that don't listen to country, but they're giving it a shot because Beyonce's in it. They will... Uh, actually start listening to country and embrace that genre and this can be a whole new market for just black people in general in country now i understand there's black people already in country i'm talking about now with the eyes of um beyonce going into country doing this country album hopefully by the way i want this to be known beyonce since you're entering this genre here i hope that you actually have some black country stars on your album and hopefully they can be uplifted with you in this album hopefully you're bringing new eyes and ears to these people for people to hear them on your album and say okay who's that all right guess what this is who that is and guess what they can get people to actually notice them and actually listen to their songs and you get my point here so with Beyonce entering this new genre, and she has an album, and she's doing an album, I'm not sure if it's done or not, but uh, I hope that she's able to contribute to that genre by uplifting other black artists in said genre, so people can listen to them and basically bring more money into their pocket, that's all I'm hoping for, uh, for them. So again, congratulations to Beyonce for the country uh, songs being on the Billboard Hot country list, number one, congratulations. Um, anything else I do want to talk about? Any shows I've been watching lately that needs to be talked about? Uh, I've been watching Couple to Thruple. If you haven't seen that, that's a show on Peacock where you have, I want to say there's four couples at the start of it entering this like resort. And during this process, they meet 16 people. Uh, that one, they have a ceremony from time to time saying who they want to introduce that single individual into their relationship to turn it into a throuple. They have to navigate to see if that person is right for them or that couple's right for that person. They go through all this stuff. And I think the season finale is coming on this Thursday for Peacock. I've been up, I've been watching that series. It's 
a fun and entertaining series because I like to see the human emotion, especially with something that's was so taboo that's starting to come into the public light, like something like this, like polygamy. Uh, monogamy has always been the thing. That means two people just in a relationship, but now with uh, polygamy being out and about and people actually talking about their experience with polygamy and people on this show trying out polygamy, it's fun crash course TV just to watch, I feel. So if you want to see how people deal with seeing their partner mess around with another person in front of their face, it's a fun show to watch and see. And this will give you some insight on knowing whether you want to do polygamy or not, or if you're that type of couple or not. So that's what I've been up to. That's what I've been watching lately. Uh, anything else I do want to talk about? I don't think so. I think that's about it. So it's time for me to get you guys out of here. A little self-promotion before I get you guys out of here. Um, as usual, I talk about professional wrestling every Saturday, but this week I did it Friday because, well, WWE, they already had their stuff situated taped Friday, so I didn't need to watch SmackDown because that was a pre-taped SmackDown. Nothing new came about it. Anyway, Wrestling Highlights of the Week is available to you now. It's up there. Same thing with WWE's uh, Elimination Chamber review of 2024. It just happened yesterday. It was in Australia. Fun show. Go listen to it to find out who won, uh, what matches, where storylines are leading up to. Since we're leading up to the road to WrestleMania, big thing coming out of that Elimination Chamber event. Cody Rhodes wants to have a match with The Rock. I don't think it's going to happen one-on-one. I think they're going to do a tag matchup, but I get more into that on that episode, so you can listen to that there. Uh, my midweek episode, it always drops every Wednesday. I dropped my midweek episode out there right now. Episode 52 is available to you right now. Um, I think that's all the self-promotion I have for now, so it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I would like to thank everybody from the podcast sites, you know who you are, to you guys, the downloaders, because without both of you guys, I would be nothing. Without the podcast sites, I won't be able to get this podcast out to you guys, the downloaders. And without you guys, the downloaders, I wouldn't be able to see where my downloads are coming from. Because without you guys, I'll just be one guy talking to a mic into a black void. So I appreciate both you guys, the downloaders, and the podcast host. You guys both work hand in hand to make this podcast what it is so i appreciate both of you um always remember i love you 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 you all that is not for gimmicks this is me being honest i appreciate every single one of you for downloading the pod listening to the pod i appreciate it um this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 he is i not him this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. And that will be whether you listen to it Wednesday or next Saturday or next Sunday. All depends on your own preference. That's your choice. Um, I do love every single one of you guys. Have a great week. Be blessed. Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.